Fresher Than Your Father podcast. Ba-boom! That was like a big explosion of uh, of newness. Newness. I think it's been almost two months. Is it really? Yeah, I think it was early February. Wow. Also, we should note that it's a little mind-blowing to me is that um, we've been doing these things for, in June of this year, it'll be three years. <laughs> wow. And yeah. they have better, have they? Okay. <laughs> it's definitely different from the first I feel like the first couple episodes I was real hype I did a bunch of post-production Word. adding little music little sound effects doing some editing that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore <laughs> reasonable but just know listeners that there's new plots and plans in effect just understand many strategies and uh it's underway yeah yeah it's all kinds of new things so we're not know. we're not slacking on our macking why do why would anyone ever slack on their mac Ian? i don't know if you're slacking on your macking i guess i mean can't do it can't do it you can't do it especially since well you know let's be real man if we're talking macking that's pimping and pimping is kind of whack why do we think Matt pimping is fresh? When did it become cool to do that? Have I have I had this rant before? You somewhat. Oh. Your hints of this have come out before. I let you know. It's a funny little joke to make every now and again, but then we have to stop and go. Hey, wait a minute. We're talking about exploitation of women as prostitutes. Uh, pro- fresh. Probably not as fresh as we think. It is. Let's slow down on that, friends. So. <clears throat> exciting new vistas, new exploratory opportunities. What number is this? This is forty-six. We're almost there. Well, we're kind of. We said that last time, but then there were two months, almost two months of nothing. So, yeah. if if we if this was the age of a grown adult male, we're accepting that we're in middle age now. <laughs> grown adult males. Grown adult male. We this is around the age you stop picking gray hairs. Oh, uh, they're probably gray hairs are probably rolling now, and you're just like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna stay classy with the grays. Word. Yeah. I think that's I, how like in the beard and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though we aren't recording fresher than your father podcasts, I sometimes just walking around, I think of fresher than your father podcasts. Topics that have been discussed. Hmm. Applications on a day-to-day basis. Wow. I was in the record store just the other day. And there was a dude. And there was a sign in front of the listening station. It said, place records here with an exclamation point. So they were serious. And it was laid back. It was one table. New, this is a new spot. You gotta, you gotta check next time you're in Brooklyn. Little teeny spot, so it's a little, it's a little compact in there. You know what I mean? But checking for a little piece of cardboard leaned up against like another, um, I don't know, some, you know, piece of metal or something. It said, place your records here. It was a place to put your records, to lean your small stack of records against while enjoying listening to these said records, checking right. them out. Checking said records. Taste test. You know what I mean? The vinyl taste test. And that, there it was. They gave it to you. They were happy to give you a place to put your records. What does homeboy do who rolls up with like 30 records, 30 plus obscure disco 12 inches do? I'm, I'm not liking where this is going already. He's like stuffing them in the back of a crate that you might want to look through. He's tossing them on the floor. In between his his foot and like a box, records are records are, are are kind of coming out of jackets, and there is not one record leaned up against. I can read the sign. Put your records here. What did he think? Wait, uh, you you blatant violations. Multiple. It's one thing to use the. 
use the space provided but still care for these jewels. They're not your records yet, pal. Nah. Shouldn't be slipping out the, the, the sleeve. They shouldn't be hindering the search opportunities for other diggers. It's really not fresh. And, and meanwhile, I'm, I'm kind of like, it, it's a small space. So I got my little stack, right? Right. And so I'm, I'm kind of just, all right, I've looked through all the, all that I can look through. Here I am. I'm waiting for money to get off the fucking turntable. Meanwhile, he's just, he's just throwing records down by his legs. Like, and he's, he is moving through the records. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But you shouldn't have had those records. Other that many records in the first place, like to listen to it once. You should know that, that when there's ten people in a little spot, people are gonna other people are gonna want to listen to these records. Well, yeah. And so you can tell that he, and I, I admittedly I kind of know this because I've been there before a little bit. But you know, you're feeling like you know when cats are waiting, right? And so you're getting a little like self conscious, stressed, like trying to get through your stack. You know what I mean? But the smart thing to do when you have that many, is to stop. Stop while you're ahead. Let someone else come through and listen to a couple joints and then get back in line. And get back. Listen to the rest of the joints. You know what I mean? Is it that much? You shouldn't, you know, you, you, it's just violations. So, he's he's so stressed, he's sweating. He's, sw- tell, he's sweating. And so when he finally finishes and I get to the headphones and put the headphones on, sweaty headphones. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's one of those, uh, that, that's why, it's why when you do DJ gigs, you always bring your own set of headphones. Cause you don't want to mess with the sweaty, it's, it's not a good look. I mean, it's, 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 it's ear sweat. But it's still someone else's like ear sweat. You know what I mean? It's just not. It's the slightly less gross version of the, uh, the, the moist foam on the mic. Yeah. You know? Ooh. And you grab the mic after somebody else and it's all moist from them spitting all on it as they spit and it's got that breath smell on it. <laughs> this is, that's more, see, that's, I'm, I'm giving you that. That more of that DJ angle, and you're coming with that MC angle right now. I haven't had that experience as, as much. Yeah, it's not a fun experience. No, but from the DJ side, I mean, I've been there with the sweaty, sweaty headphones. You almost wish cats like because when I was coming up, and this actually will lead to a, a little topic I'd like to, to touch on. When I was coming up, not even as a young DJ, just as an MC rolling around DJs, it was known if you're coming to spin. If the turntables are already here, you bring your records and your needles. Mm-hmm. Right? Come with your needles. And I'm sure at this day and age, it might be expected you come with your own control vinyls, right? But maybe heads should know to come with their own headphones too. Heads should always know to come with their own headphones. <laughs> That's a, that again on the level of the needles. Yeah, I mean, I just... Cause when you, if you're actually doing a set, you're probably gonna, it's probably gonna get a little sweaty. Yeah. I really don't want to, I don't want your greasy headphones. No. No. No, no, no. And the other thing is, you know, with like my headphones that I have, shout out to Shure. Shut my up. Turntable headphones. They have the, the quarter inch adapter for the, it's, it's just irregularly a, uh, what do you call it? Not the quarter inch, the one that's for like, for fucking headphones, like Joe ass headphone jack, mm-hmm. whatever. The eighth inch? What? The? Yeah. We're getting real technical here. It's better when you're like knowledgeable about technical details and not, you know, using terms like Joe headphone jack. We're just but... talking about these fractions, these, this mathematics. No booms, these data. But yeah, like, so you, you, you know, you're rolling up listening to your MP3s your phone and then you pull it out put on the quarter inch adapter boom right into the mixer let's roll it shouldn't be that hard you know what i mean yeah these aren't complex situations we're dealing with wow sweaty headphones sweaty headphones nice smooth for the record spot too 
No, but there's a lot of hipsters that are out here just getting into these records and not really clear on on the breadth of what's expected in relationship to the records. Which this brings me to a topic we uh, listeners we haven't discussed this ahead of time, so I may be throwing Ian a little bit of a loop here. Um, so <clears throat> this isn't about like hipsters coming in the records. This is like so I'm I'm having my first experience where a head, a hip hop head who's serious about beats and serious about this music wants to get into digging. So I'm having my first experience with a cat rolling with me who's new to digging and new to these records and a lot of ways new to the, new to this music. What are your responsibilities, Ian, as an experienced record head, record nerd? Dig- I mean, what, what's the, uh, he's, I mean, this is a, he, Yes. He, he he's 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 hype. Is he trying to roll out with you? Like, let's go to the record spot. Yo, show me about these records. School me on these things. What's his attitude? His attitude to me is great. I mean, one, he's real serious about these dollar records because his his money is low. Word. And also, we've had positive experiences in the dollar records, as usually happens. We keep a dollar around here. Word. Uh, with finding good music. So it's not just he's like, yo, I want to find beats and stuff to sample. He's like, you know, I want to learn about good music. And if I can go spend a dollar and get a great album and learn about some music I haven't been hip to before, I'm all about it, you know. So, and I get the sense he's kind of new to, not new, he knows a lot about hip-hop, but not new to the music broadly. And so he's just down to, to cop joints. You know, and it's been interesting too, like, cause you know, buying records is a, a really personal experience in that what draws you to a record can be real idiosyncratic. It can be real, you know what I mean? Almost random, right? And, and to speak it out loud can be a little weird. You know what I mean? Cause you imagine like having to explain why each record you buy I mean, at this stage, you know, you've been digging for a while, so it'll probably be a lot more informed. But early on, you know, a font on a record, yep. see like this live album, and you think, oh, that should be fresh for this and this reason. You know what I mean? So it's been cool hearing him kind of talk talk through why he's buying these records. My attitude is, check it out. Like, I don't know. Especially if I don't know the record specifically. I mean, if I know the record and I can give him some, some info about it, but if it's a record I don't know, I don't know. You could be right, you could be wrong, but then it, it just reminds you too about why we listen to music, you know? And then also he's not coming at it like, oh, I'm looking for joints that people have sampled or I'm coming at it or I'm looking for hard beats or hard drums. He's just like, I want to hear some cool music. So that opens it up so wide, you know? So wide. It leads to so many cool conversations in the record spot. Like that always end with me saying, man, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's fresh, man. It's a lot of fun. I, I really think that, um, that going digging with other cats and like being able to like get put on and put other cats on to shit, not on some like arrogant, like, Oh, you didn't know about this. Let me school you on that. Not, not on that shit. But on, let me let me share this with you. Um, that's just so fucking fun, man. That's like cats who are eager to know about things. You know what I mean? It's just it's classic. That's that has to be one of. The, it's just become more and more, and I think probably it's become more and more fun because I've gained knowledge, so it's it's fun to share knowledge. But like, it's just more and more fun to like share share shit to buy if i had people who i I mean i do have people like i'll look out for you and other people you know like everyone's looking out for each other but you know if i if i come up or i hear someone is just starting to buy vinyl and they're like yo i want to get put on to like dope shit man i could not only could i feel like we talk talk that person's ear off forever but like you know go to all these record spots and just pull records that are dope pull records that look dope yeah they're open to the dollar bin shit. That's fresh. A lot of fun. And then too, you, you don't know, um, or try to figure out how to phrase it for uh, fans. I'm paying a little, a little sick. I'm playing a little hurt. 
Um, I got a, I got a, a, like basketball players, you have like a hamstring. What do I have? I got a nostril. But, but (laughs) it's kind of fun remembering what it was like to, to just cop a record on the humble, like no idea what it is. Uh huh. Have it become a really special record to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, especially when you're messing with the dollar bin and you're not really tripping on finding beats or breaks or anything really hard, you're opening yourself up to, because the dollar bin, frankly, is filled with a lot of popular records. And there were periods where popular records were the better records, right? Yeah. So the dollar bins, man, like you can come away with some of those classic Stevie albums, which is what happened to him this last time we were out. You know, and then, you know, who knows, years from now, he may talk about, yeah, man, I remember when I caught that music of my mind for a bill, and it changed everything for how I heard music, you know. I feel that way about that first Paul Simon record, man. I just copped it because it had me and Julio down by the schoolyard, and I thought, you never know, man, that's a, that's a fresh joint to throw on at a party, especially like some summertime shit. I should have that in the crate. And then I get home and throw it on, and it's like this amazing, amazing album. I never would have checked for if I didn't spend a dollar at a fucking bike shop, yo. Classic, classic. And just this is all this is all just inspiring various other schemes that we've been plotting. This is just this this conversation is good. That's class. That's a classic story right there. Oh, it's just I don't know. It's been fun. But so is there anything? Because I feel like you've been like this for me. I mean, I knew records a little bit by the time we start kicking it and the homie remix. Shout out. Um, and, and, uh, you know, homie Mark, shout out, my dad hit me on the records, but definitely rolling with you. It was kind of like, you know, I felt like it was up underneath your wing. What's, what's important, man? What is it that, what's our responsibility to these young cats coming up in these records? What's our responsibility to them? What are the no-nos? What are the do? <laughs> the no-nos. That's a good question. It's hard to answer. I mean, I'm just trying to think, cause I just love, I mean, the thing is, all of us, like, I feel like, especially you, we have a, we have a pretty broad range of music we love, but like, you know, everyone has their own thing that they're, they're kind of more into over here and less into over there, you know what I mean? And so I think it's good to have a sense of what cats are looking for. Like, I mean, you can, you, not, not that you want to be constrained at all, but like, I'm just trying to think, man, I mean, what is a no-no? I think one of the no, no, no to me is spending like ten dollars on a Michael Jackson record, but I'm not sure like, <laughs> like uh, a no, no. Yeah, well, see, that's it. It's definitely something that is hard to communicate, which is value, and it can be really personal too, yeah. right? Like, I just dropped twenty dollars on a Catalyst record, and I don't know how common Catalyst records are. I don't feel like I've seen any Catalyst records, and it's not like I think Catalyst is real essential, you know, kind of obscure Philly jazz, funk jazz. Um, I just had a CD that I bought once that had all of the four albums on it. And I used to play it all the time. But I enjoyed that shit. And I'd never seen a Catalyst record in person. I'm leaving the spot. There it is, Catalyst, 20 bills. My effort, I'm buying it, right? Now, I might have overpaid, but I got a record I wanted, right? Yeah, ab- Absolutely. Absolutely. What are you going to say? Here's, I think, the point, though. Like, for a new cat coming up, a clean copy of Thriller for $20, you don't do that. No. (laughs) Right? Like, even if you want it, you know, it's a classic album. I can completely see wanting to have it on vinyl. You should have it on vinyl. Um, But you don't pay $20 for that. But I see, I I, I do think that we're getting at, like, what, you you take a cat to the spot, what, it's good to have a background on what they're what they're checking for. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think. I can't really remember, but I'm trying to think the first couple of times we we went out hit spots A1 those spots and like I felt like you were open to a lot of shit. I felt like you were down to find samples, you know, like you, checking for various things. Um yeah. and I mean, I, and I know that you're into like the Prince joints, so that's why I'm always whenever I see an obscure Prince I've never seen before, I might text you, hit you up, do you need this? Do you have this? kind of thing you know and uh i'm trying to think like like uh what are you gonna say i think <clears throat> i don't know if i ever felt like this is, i'm trying to think how i always thought of it like i i 
like so when I'm digging with you in particular, I, I tend to wanna ask you about one, do you know the record? Can you tell me about what it sounds like? Um but then also can you help me understand the value of it? Right? Word. Yeah. Those to me are the two big things. Um but I kinda knew music well enough to know in general what sound I was looking for. Yeah. And then also the spot tells you a lot too. Cause like a spot like A1, you're going to come across classic hip hop joints that you're really not going to come across a lot of other places. Um, exactly. That's kind of what the other thing I'm trying to get, going to get to is like, it's good to, to check multiple spots since yeah. some spots are going to price the rock records real high and the hip hop records real low and vice versa. Other uh, different spots are going to cater towards different things usually, you know, so you might come up on, a lot of great hip hop for you know a little maybe a little beat up, but the selection's gonna be crazy at a one you know what I mean you might uh but if you you're going there to to buy like i don't know soul soul records or something it's gonna be expensive you yeah. know what i mean um it's it's interesting to copping with somebody who's not at all thinking about spinning out right now like that like the idea i mean homies at the crib with uh 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 sample stuff if you ever wanted to sample stuff so at this point it really is let me just check music like what what's out there and it's important like to not close off doors artificially right because like there are sounds that like you may be into like like i'm not a big west west coast hip-hop cat but if he was to pull some west coast hip-hop it's not like i'd be like ah i don't know i don't like that shit because it yeah. doesn't matter, like you know what i mean it's like can I tell you something about the value of that record and past that go for it. You know what I mean? That's the big thing. I think, especially like if you're digging for dollar records, go for it. Like just go for it. Like, you know, I might get this for blah, blah, blah reason. And it can strike me as complete bullshit. And I have to remind myself, who cares? It's a dollar record. Go for it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Records we thought were going to be fresh that were totally whack. And joints that we were kind of like meh about, but we just bought for some reason and get them home, and we're like, get the fuck out of here. I think what the knowledge can go to on the on the on purely on the the money value is that even if, let's say you, you aren't into that into West Coast hip hop, but you've been in the crates long enough that you know that you might have seen that record before. You know, like some he might pull out. Uh, I don't know, like. A two short record out, out of the fucking $15 bin. You know what I mean? And you've been in the crates long enough to know, yo, even though I'm not into that record, that record's definitely some shit that's gonna turn up in the dollar bin. So, right. hold off, right. you know, on that right now. Let's hit this other spot and see, see where you might, you, you might make a come up. That mm-hmm. being said, if that's really important to you to have that record, maybe it is important to you to, to, to spend 15 on, on a nice copy. You know what I mean? This is getting into very non-judgmental type type area. So I'm trying I'm trying to think of what the no 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 type things are, and think, I'm no, not no, exactly sure how to pinpoint it. I think the no 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 things are like cutting off options artificially, or trying to steer someone towards what you think is important. Word. You know, like there's certain basic things like check for my Zell brother shit because it's usually kind of fresh, right? Or if Bernard Purdy's playing on something, it might have a fresh break. Things that aren't like hard, fast rules, but they'll usually treat you right in terms of the crates, right? You know, CTI shit is cool. It's cool shit. It like, is, but it can also be way out there and kind of, kind of just full of samples and, and nothing playable all the way through. You know what I mean? You think of the, you think of the Joe Farrell records, like how often are you sitting down to a Joe Farrell record that's not up on this rock and rocking full tracks off that record? Yeah, this is true. <laughs> I mean, but I just think what what to me like I think is just dope. He's willing to to roll out with you because I think the thing is you're gonna roll out with cats and they're just gonna put you on to various things. And rather than worry about like as long as they aren't forcing you to spend a whole lot of money and the judgmental thing that you're talking about, I think it's all good as long as things are humble. You know what I mean? And they can explain why. Why they bought a record. Like I'm sitting here right now, I'm looking at this framed OJ's 45 that I bought in DC a couple months ago. 
give the people what they want. Yeah. Um, and it was a it's a color cover in great condition. I paid ten bucks for it. I have the song. It was a huge song. It's not like it's a rare a rare mix, a rare you know whatever. But the color cover is this bright red with white. It's just it's just classic. And so I was like, yo, I need this on my wall. So I spent 10, mint condition record. I got a mint condition 45, a classic joint, break at the start. And then really what I got was this dope cover that's now framed on my wall. You know oh, what I mean? Oh yeah. And the other, on the other side of it, <coughs> you there? Yeah, I'm here. It was an explosion. I had to cough. It's okay. Um, Speaking of explosions, I was in the dollar bin, and I found this um this record by the Blues Explosion. Huh. And it's a 12 inch, and it's from 1995. Blues Explosion. The Blues Explosion. The people were were hip to the Blues Explosion. They were on that kind of bluesy. I don't know. There was a couple of those bands back in the 90s, like uh, doing the kind of kind of rock blues like hip thing. What were you gonna say? I was gonna be a jerk. I was gonna say, yeah, they were kind of into this bluesy explosion sound. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, I can't really pretend that I was really into the blues explosion. I just knew about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I look, look a little deeper, and one side is remixed by Beck, Mike Diamond, and Mario Caldado. And if you know what that's about, it's recorded at G Sun Studios. So then you know you're talking about the Beastie Boys and the cats who worked on Beastie Boys shit at G-Sun Studios. So that might be interesting. Again, this is a dollar record. I can't play it on the play. I'm not violating like other cats. Then you you turn it over and there's a there's a remix by Uncle. Mm-hmm. And then you know you're, you're dealing with some, you know, you're dealing with uh, possibly Shadow, mm-hmm. uh, the cat who ran, what's his name, who ran... um that label Moax, you know what I mean? And so you're like, huh, like probably it's mid nineties, probably some heavy sampled remix, not some kind of corny, like 2004 remix, but like, uh, not to diss 2004, but like, a you know, some nineties shit possibly going on here for a dollar. So I picked it up. One side was whack and one side was fresh. You need, you know, that's all you need. Sometimes we, we have a saying. There's your dollar. Sometimes <laughs> the dollar records only give you one little thing. One little fragment of freshness. But then you say to yourself, well, there's your dollar. There's your dollar. That's the dollar I spent. Yeah. Exactly. The dollar records give you, you know, mountains of freshness that, that, you know, like when I caught my beat up copy of, uh, Billy Squires, Tale of the Tape. Boom. The big beat on it. I, I have not played, I don't think I played an instant of that album past that drum break on the first track. Done. I listened to it at some point, but right now it's got them drums. Yep. Dollar. Sometimes there's your dollar right there. One side whack, one side fresh, boom. Win win. The great gods have smiled upon you. So basically we're out here in these crates and then now, you know, now as, as slightly older cats, we're out here showing these youngsters certain things. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the cool thing about music, man. It's just, it's out here for everybody, man. You want to get in on some fresh music, man. It's just out here and holler at heads, man. We're about these crates. We're also just about fresh music. We just like listening to good music. That's why we're in the crates. We just want to hear good music. Good. Music. And what's fresh, I feel like, if you're going to inspire this cat, I mean, I'm sure you already have, going out, checking for joints, but on their own, call you up. Be like, yo, I found this record. It's crazy. And then, you know, you check that out, and it's like, oh, shit, you didn't even know about that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's fresh, too. That's, yeah. Sharing. Sharing is caring. It is. It is. Unless it's like... Some type of, uh, some type of, uh, vector or disease of some sort. Yeah, it's certain, there's certain things that could be shared that don't necessarily need to be shared. Yeah. 
quick quick aside from these music styles. Um, any thoughts on basketball? Uh, end of the season is approaching. Um, any thoughts? Blazers suck. Cavs suck. I'm really, I'm really hoping the Lakers won't make it, but it looks like they might actually make it. I really want Dallas to come through, man. Yeah, it's a little, it's close, it's edgy. Yeah. Say, I don't know if you noticed, but this guy LeBron James can play basketball. He's pretty good at yeah, it. Yeah, twenty-seven games straight. Yeah. He's uh, he's rather skilled. It's a weird time in basketball, man. It's like, it's like you kind of just wish it was over now. Yeah. Like let's let's get to some playoff matchups and let's start sending people home, and let's start hanging, having some angsty, tense moments of good basketball. We'll see about the streak. Um, I love the Bulls, just because for years now they've been playing. No matter who was on the court since since Thibodeau got there and Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah, even if Noah or Rose aren't on the floor, they have this. Fuck you, we're gonna play to win attitude. And even back when they were taking the Boston Celtics when they first had their big first the first year of the big three, taking them to seven games in the first round, they just have had this attitude like we don't care what our expectations are, we don't care what anything looks like on paper, we're playing to win and we're gonna do everything we can to win. And every and beating us is gonna be the hardest fucking thing we've done. And I love it. I have so much respect for it, you know. Word. Stopping the streak, whatever. I just am so impressed with those dudes that that that's just how they roll. Miami's gonna have to play their best game to beat a team without their best players, and they weren't able to pull it off. And it's just fresh that they made them have to go to that level. I don't know. I just have a lot of respect for that team. We won't bore either of the listeners with much more talk about that. So it goes, you know, and these NC2As are going on. Did you do a bracket, Ian? Did you do a bracket? No, I've never, I don't, have I ever, ever done a bracket? I'm just so bad with caring about this, this college basketball, man. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, Ducks, I was about to be a Fairweather fan and watch the, uh, the Ducks play Sweet 16 on, on, on Friday night, but I'm kind of thankful I, I didn't end up watching it. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I will say I'm I'm getting near the end of bra- <laughs> doing brackets. Now you cough, we both cough. Um I'm getting near the end of doing brackets because it, it takes away if you don't you're not watching the games, you're thinking about your bracket. It's like fantasy football. You're not thinking about the game, you're thinking about your team. And I enjoy NFL, which is kind of bullshit. We should talk about that more. I think we have a little bit, but NFL is kind of bullshit, man. I'm starting to get out on the NFL. But I will say the the season was more enjoyable not having a personal stake. If a fantasy football bullshit fantasy football team is a real stake in any way, but I enjoyed it more not thinking about some personal selfish shit and just enjoying a, an athletic event. I think I'll enjoy the NC2As more if I don't have some personal bullshit stake in it. Word. It's silly. Obviously, I need not say, I think it's clear my, my bracket has been bullshit. <laughs> a little anger there. Yeah, but, hold on a second. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was a major sneeze. Crazy shit about having a kid, man. So much cleanup, dude. Man, I can't imagine. Yeah, you, you know, you know intellectually, you know, kinda, it gets so fucking serious, man. There's a number of listeners who have kids, so I think, you know, I feel like they might be able to relate. I'm, I'm gonna go there a little bit. Stop me if it goes too far. But there was one night, man, she's crying. I go in and check on the kids, she's 13 months. She had vomited. This things, these things happen. And I think she tried to hold it down for a minute. She tried to let it just roll. And so that meant it was all over the crib. So at three in the morning, full-fledged cleanup missions had to happen. It just was wild, man. And it's just what you do. There was no sitting around complaining like, man, this is crap or, oh, how awful is this? No, you got a kid. This is what's happening. This is what you do. You love the kid. The kid's not cool. The crib's not clean. Clean the crib. You know what I mean? 
It's real life situations. Real life situations. So major. I feel like a lot of cats talk about these real life situations on some, some kind of hard street type things, you know, yeah. accident type things, violent type things. But really, I feel like most of us are going through real life situations on this kind of 3 a.m. cleaning up the vomit. Clean it up. Yeah, that's real life situation. Vomit, clean up missions. That's a real life situation right there. There's a cat around the corner who sits outside and smokes cigarettes because his wife is inside the house with uh, stage four cancer. And uh, we have casual conversations about the bag that that he has to use that collects fluids from her abdomen. Yep. Has to tweak the bag. Like, that's real-life shit. It's real-life situations, yeah. Life situations, right? And, like, we have conversations. I mean, but it's his day-to-day life, right? Like, I don't want to say it's mundane, but it's what's going on, you know? You ask him what's up for today. Well, I'm trying to get this bag so it won't leak, right? <clears throat> That's real shit. It's real life, man. <laughs> I don't know. This other thing, man, having a kid puts you more in tune to the cycle of life a little bit. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. You know, your family gets older and the elders, and, you know, a lot of these styles have to come into effect for the elders, too. Life, man, it's wild. You Youngsters out there, enjoy your 20s if you are able to enjoy them with a full sense of freedom of uh, responsibility and a full narcissistic selfishness because life's coming for that ass and not in a bad way. Just in <laughs> everybody like that for a period of your life. You got to help out the homies, the little homies, older homies. Sometimes the homies need you and it's real shit. Boy. Enjoy those nights at the bar. They won't last long. Wow. We're, we're <laughs> <laughs> wow speaking yeah. of the homies yeah do we want to bring it back and touch on something that we touched on I don't, probably like a year ago I don't, a year and a half ago this podcast man probably the first podcast we just started <laughs> <laughs> well we were going to touch on the, the homie bias in music but we never really touched on it it was said as something that we would come back to yeah alright so we each, you know, we've made music. We make music. We have friends who make music. And I feel like I have friends who are the shit. Like, I think they're great. And sometimes I wonder, is it just I'm biased because they're friends of mine? Or are they genuinely, legitimately great? And how do you deal with it? Now, on the one hand, who the hell does it hurt? At worst, you are enjoying a piece of music greater than its skill level which is actually kind of a cool thing if that makes sense if that's what's happening right like my enjoyment of the album isn't equal or isn't doesn't correspond to the quality of it it corresponds to the quality of it plus my added personal investment in knowing these cats and like it's like extra fresh like i know this dude this dude owed me $10 for a while, and now he's making this fresh-ass song. But do you think that, because I think that some sometimes the homies make music that I don't like. You know yeah. what I mean? So do you think that we can distinguish between the music that we like mostly because it, it reminds us of like, you know, where we're from or, you know, cause the homie made it, you know what I mean? Like certain time or what they're talking about in the song, even though we know the song is kind of not necessarily a high quality song huh. from the music that the homie makes that's high quality. And that's, that's just a, an amazing song. I don't know. Can we distinguish that at all? I don't know if we can. I'm yeah. just throwing that out there. Cause I feel like there are joints. Um, there are joints that I listen to, like, for instance, big, big shout out Gabe and Khalil. Right. Abyssinian Creole, solo projects. I've, I feel honored to have worked with those cats, you know, et cetera. Like, there are a certain number of songs that both those cats made that I think are kind of 
like they probably aren't songs that like a lot of people are gonna feel necessarily outside of say Seattle or whatever, but like they're just fun, amazing, in- inspirational songs that I can keep, I can listen to kind of a fair amount and and no, don't get tired of. But there are a couple songs, more than a couple, but there are several, especially several songs that have not left the iPod for a year straight. Right. Because, and I put on mixtapes and I play for all my people when I can and like, like that, that, uh, Summer Days song, I think I played it for you in Philly that Khalil did last wow. summer, has not left. I listen to it every time it comes on my iPod. Like I, I have not gotten tired of it yet. And there's not a lot of songs in general I can say that about. Um, and I, I know there's probably some homie bias there, but I don't know how much that feeds into it. I, I guess that's the whole point of the conversation is that it's sometimes I wonder if it, if it's a question. I feel that way about Muamin, shout out. Like, uh, you know, A Live who makes the beats, his beats to me, and it's like really unfair to put this on somebody, but his beats, they, they hit me like Dilla in that I find them shocking and surprising sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they're shocking and surprising because I know the person making them and I'm like, whoa, how did that cat? Not that there's anything about A that's like he couldn't make anything fresh, but you know what I mean? Like you hear something and it's like, I almost can't believe I know the person who made that. And then, uh, uh, Zion MC, he's so, I don't know, man. He, the depth of it, his lyrics and the intricacies. So I feel that way about, about their project. They have a, a joint called, uh, called Ponzi Scheme that I can't believe. Every time I hear it, I just, I just shake my head. And so I think that I lean towards saying that the music that our friends make that's really good is actually really good. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I actually think that while there is the homie bias out there, and that's the reason I'll listen to, sorry, I'm like moving around over here. Things are happening. Not like you're doing good. Things are getting dropped on the floor. Eating plantains. Fuck it. Fuck it. Oh man, fuck it. Let me, uh, that reminds me of something else. Um, <laughs> I wonder what the hell is from. <laughs> I'm gonna try, if I can, if I can, if I can come off with a story about fuck it without blowing up, uh, <laughs> someone's spot, I'll try to in a second. So, the home, to finish this homie bias thing, or, you know, a little more on the homie bias thing, um, what was I gonna say? Instead I like pounded the table with like my fist three times. I don't know what that was. <laughs> what kind of move was that? What's that? What does that mean? That means. Time, it's time. What, Ian's dropping science. Is that the <laughs> the bell tolls? I, I I don't know what that means. I I completely forget what I was gonna say. No, and I'm but, I'm, but let me I'm, let me try to rewind and get back to it. What, fill fill in the gap while I try to remember what I was gonna say. Not that I wasn't paying attention, but I'm playing with a nostril right now. I I lose things really quickly these days. No, Man. I, I think I think I was just gonna say that I. I was going to do, you know, similar to how, you know, you felt about Muamin. Like, I think that, I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot of cats who aren't in LA and New York and some of the other places who never maybe caught breaks for whatever reason doesn't mean that their songs aren't high quality. And I think a lot of cats who, who caught breaks off of some quality shit have also ended up, once you catch that break, like it's, it's really, it's everything Madlib does genius. No. In my opinion. No. Like, like, there's been, there's been some really awful Mad Lib beats. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, there's been some kind of whatever beats that I think we have, we have peoples that make ridiculous beats beyond, beyond the scope of what he might have done or some, so other so-called genius producers might have done. Right. That are in geographic locations or just haven't had the promotional, you know, break or the you know the publicist that that recognized them um that never that never caught on to a lot of cats even in the kind of international myspace 2013 you know internet era it's it's i you know like it's hard to always get heard there's a lot of cats out there doing shit 
I do think that quality rises to the top, but I also think that, you know, sometimes it, it, there's a lot of quality hidden away too. I mean, I've never, I've listened to a lot of these freestyles and the classic fucking freestyle heads and like legendary cats, you know what I mean? And I would, I would put money on Khalil taking most of them out. <laughs> so, and that sounds like a complete homie, homie bias and it probably is, but like, I think cats do come quality just cause, just cause they're the homies. There's always that question. Oh, are they really, they yeah. didn't, they didn't pop off. So, you know, they aren't making millions of dollars or they aren't on tour with so and so. So can they really be that good? You know what I mean? The excellent point. Like what, 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 on what basis would I question? I guess, you know, <clears throat> I guess sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm almost confused that people aren't more highly respected. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm genuinely confused sometimes that people aren't feeling more I mean more than they are. Cause mm-hmm. they're so good. The combo is so good. Um, it's, they're, they're really, really good. Their, their last two albums, um, well, the, the two, the most recent one is, is rock solid. Check for it. Um, uh, was it so black it's blue or yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely a cool record, but you know the two before were just you know where my people's at, and uh, uh, we'll oh. be free. And that stayed that stayed in my uh, in my iPod for. I mean, I still have those joints, some of them on my uh, on my iPhone. Yeah, it's some amazing music there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was basically just a a, a slick way, listeners, of asking you to go check out our friends. Basically. No, it's a legitimate question, but as I'm talking about it, like, I, I, hell, if, if all that happens out of this conversation is people go check for some app Creole, or people go check for some more, I mean, that's a win-win. But, it's interesting to think about, especially as you're an artist and you're around artists, this is the way you look at an artist change. Like, you know, I, I know it's never fresh when we're talking about other podcasts, but I started checking this music snobs podcast, and they had Erica Badu on it, and it was really hearing her chime in on some of these people who she knows personally and they're talking about music they're talking about different artists and at a certain point she was like um i know them and i can tell you that 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 you know it's interesting yeah 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 well i mean it, it it's interesting going from fan i mean even in these little you know like like <clears throat> you, you know more i mean you know what i mean and yeah. and like you're on Facebook and there they are. And we're all, we're all friends with these cats. You know what I mean? And like, there are people out there who are fans of, of these cats and they are talking about these, you know, our friends in similar ways. And that, that whole line is always odd. And I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of legendary Portland cats, some of whom I'm friends with and I feel honored to be like cool with, but like some of whom I'm, whom I'm not and I'm just a fan and like, you know, like, but I'm friends with their friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so it becomes it becomes odd. Like, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm making sense, but like talking about like if I was to to, to throw up like a Cool Nuts lyric on Facebook, like I don't know Cool Nuts at all, but I have a lot of friends who who go way back with Cool Nuts. So like, not a lot, but several friends on Facebook. So, you know, like something I post that's just like as a fan might be kind of cool, but also might have this whole other meaning to cats. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going where I'm going with this, but uh, it's, it's, it's bugged out. It's, it's, it's interesting being in these different degrees of separation. It's why that conversation with Erica Badu was kind of funny because they're having conversations about Snoop Dogg and his integrity as an artist and whether or not his persona is out, is, is outshining his music. And she's able to say, well, you know, he's one of my children's godfather and mm-hmm. Snoop. And when he rolled up to the house, he backs the caddy into the garage, into the driveway. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like she's get framing it. Like I know the brother cause he's the godfather of one of my children. Yeah. And it also, that's, it's interesting to hear that too. I think it's possibly kind of important to hear that cause it's like, it's like where does the especially for cats who have made it huge huge you know like 
that we we spend you know hours talking about and analyzing their art or what or them or whatever like uh yeah it's just i don't know it's the whole like it's the whole kind of celebrity and, and now i'm gonna get super academic with it and grad schooly with it but i mean that's the course i'm taking right now in grad school is actually on celebrity studies and it's interesting looking at how how people talk about celebrity and how they affect people's lives and shit. I'm really going out there now. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that podcast, even though there's some semi, I don't want to say celebrity, but semi industry well-known cats on that podcast, that music snob podcast, so that they're able to reach out to enough people to where Badu might check there. I mean, who knows? Badu might have checked fresher than your father, but I doubt it. You know what I mean? But like, when you're doing a music snob podcast with, uh, with what's his name? I'm totally forgetting his name, but two well-known journalists, one in the sports arena and one in the music arena, and then a couple other cats who probably had their own connections. Then, you know, um, and I feel like so much of what we're talking about is about connections. Then someone like, Erica Badu might check your podcast. And then suddenly you find yourself sitting in a studio, studio or on the phone with Erica Badu on your podcast. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bugged out thing. It is. And I'm forgetting where I was ultimately going with that. But that's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, we've, we've been doing uh, the lyrical renaissance. And uh, we, we had an artist in mind, and I, I was trying to find some of that artist's stuff. And I stumbled across these lists. And this might be an old list, the 40 rap lyrics that make no sense on complex music. Wow. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go through all of them. Um, but some of them I've been kind of scrolling through. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's get a sample, a sample serving here. Taste test. Want to go with the artist first? Let's just go with the lyric. All right. Rock star, flyer than an ostrich. <laughs> as the uh, as the writer notes, ostriches can't fly. That's a Jewel Santana lyric. I told you, yo! I told you on multiple podcasts when it comes to Cam and Dipset. Yeah. Always rhyming about these animals, man. <laughs> it's always these animals. These animals are always getting mentioned. Whether they're dead animals in the clo- in Cam's closet. Right. Listeners, long-time listeners know about that episode. Or whether it's live animals. You know, Dipset goes to the zoo. Right. We're talking about these animals. They're, they're, they're out here with the, the ostrich. Wow. <laughs> it's an amazing lyric. Alright, that was a good one. Jules Santana. The fuck is Jules Santana doing right now? Got some new stuff coming out, man. Word. Ready for, he's ready to, he's ready to, to meet the needs of the fans. He's ready for these fans. Look him up on a pitchfork media. He had a little video floating around the universe. We from two different cities. Minnesota and Philly. Minnesota, last time I checked, Madison. It's freeway. Yeah, I figured that might be freeway. Shout out freeway. Yeah. Yeah. See, this one, this one might, you know, I don't know if you know, know about this one. I say what's next. What's next? What's in NXT? NXT, yeah. Classic. Or G. Did he, did he purposely misspell or did he misspell on accident? I don't know, but it's that's, a great, man. You know that's one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to go. Sorry, first family will gradually lift that ass up like gravity. Fame, first family. Who's that? Little fame. Little fame. Gravity tends actually to uh, bring you down. Real quick, have you, you have you heard about this rap quotes science project? You read about that? Uh, oh man, go look that up, listeners. Check that out if you haven't. Rap quotes, Twitter, rap quotes video, 
my man is, is, is putting signs at locations talked about in classic rap lyrics. Wow. I've yet to see them, but I told him he needs to put one up the block. I can't reveal the location, but up the block from where this podcast is being recorded. Clandestine, like, locations. You know, 1994, there was a location mentioned on a record. But pretty classic shit. Go look that up, listeners. Maybe I'll post it in the fan, the <laughs> fan, uh, Facebook group. All right, back to these quotes. Oh, I drink Hennessy straight with tomato juice. Nori. No, no, Nori. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find some, some that are really, really classic. Plantains are delicious. Have you ever enjoyed a plantain? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's been a little while, but oh yeah. I'm always a big, uh, Whenever I hit a uh, buff patty, shout out. They, they, you know, they stick a couple plantains in there. Ayo, ayo. Stuff a couple in there. <laughs> Enjoy. Buff patty, a great name for a. Uh, oh yeah, a restaurant. Buff. Think about all the. Uh, Buff from the Fat Boys. Didn't he pass? One of them passed. Did multiple pass? I think so. Man. Sad, man. It is sad, and I feel like, man, what happened to this podcast? I felt like we were on a roll. Yeah, we, we, we got derailed. I'm, I'm blaming myself. No, no. But something happened. Something happened. I'm trying really hard to think quickly about something to kind of tie things together. Like, I will, a sho- like a shoelace. I'll, I'll put this out there for next time. Listeners, you think of this too, in case you want to, maybe this would be a fun thing, post videos on the page. Is there an album that you absolutely love that critics hate? I will say, you know, I feel like I always get like this, and I don't mean to lengthen the podcast too much longer, but I was listening to that, the 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 joint, the 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 music snob podcast with Baidu when they were talking about the Wu-Tang albums. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to me, like the, the albums that, that cats love and cats hate is just, it's, it's interesting to me. Am I, am I, am I, it was good to hear one other cat who likes pretty, pretty Tony. That's the album. Yeah. With Holla on it. Yeah. I love that. I I think that that was a great album. I thought fish scale was mostly whack. I thought I thought more fish was even wacker than fish scale. Now that's true. It's not as good. I think. You Besides know, the opening track of fish scale, I can't think of another track on there that I've listened to more than twice. So, this is interesting. I think there are certain there are certain sounds that we attribute to artists, and when they go back to those sounds, we figure they're coming back to form. Excuse me. And. Regardless of the quality of it, if you're out of your form that you're supposed to be in, it's not good. Fish scale was, was, was ghost returning to form. Uh-huh. Right? So people got all excited about that. But in fact, it wasn't like, I, I agree. I think pretty Tony is a little underrated. I mean, I just, just, just him taking it there with holla and like, yep. And I don't know the first couple opening. Tra- I don't know. It was just, it was just raw. But it was, uh, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was a raw ghost shit that reminded <coughs> me of the first two ghost albums more than several of the other ghost albums have. Uh, Maybe I, I'm just, I'm just weird. I'll put it this way: I don't think, with the possible exception of, I don't even think Ghost Dean was like. I don't think Ghost has made a whack album, and I think pretty, uh, pretty total solid. Uh, like, I don't think those cats had heard it in a long time. Yeah. Bis- I mean, well, they, they, they brought up, uh, they brought up with Tush. Is that the joint with Missy? Yeah, which I don't even think is that bad of a song. They actually. brought that up real fast on some, on some that was pop music, but I thought that, I, I thought the joint was dope. I like how Erica Badu was like, no, nah, no, nah, that was a fresh song. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, I thought that, that was, that was a good song. Um, I think it's a cool album. Yeah. I remember you driving to Brooklyn and having the album and rolling around going digging, bumping that album. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I roll with Ghostface Records, man. I roll. Yeah. I roll with Ghostface hard. Yeah. That's a cool record. I, I don't understand the hate of it, but I think people have decided what Wu Tang is. And Fish Scale sounds like a Wu Tang album. Uh So it's the return to form. And also it's just so, I think Fish Scale is solid. It's rock solid. And for that stage in an artist's career to come that rock solid is a little unprecedented, I think. I'm not going to lie to you, friends, family. I'm running out of steam. Yep. I think it's, I think it's done. Ghost face killer. Oh, this, 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 man, what have I done? This podcast. <laughs> it's really gone off the rails. I think it's really gone off the rails. I think I'm going to have to edit it a little bit. Listeners, we love you. Thank you.